0: This episode of the Channer Ant Podcast is brought to you by McClellan Bagpipes, proudly made in North America by artesian bagpipe maker Roddy McClellan from Eust, Scotland. At McClellan Bagpipes, they don't strive to be the biggest, fastest, or the cheapest. They do, however, meticulously craft a small number of the best-sounding and most beautiful-looking bagpipes in the world since their beginning in 1988. Over the years, McClellan Bagpipes has established a solid reputation for rich, warm, and stable tone, created with incredible craftsmanship and instruments of heirloom quality and unparalleled beauty. Head to BespokeBagpipes.com to learn more about their innovations like the new Elevation Chanter, which features a lower-pitched richness inspired by the classic top hand of older chanters and sustainable solutions like the Revelation Bagpipe. A Delrin instrument featuring Bohr's line with a cellulose polymer sleeve giving you the structural benefits of a Delrin instrument while maintaining a refined wood-like sound. Check out McClellan Bagpipes' diverse line of instruments and learn more about their restoration work on vintage bagpipes by visiting their website at bespokebagpipes.com. McClellan Bagpipes, born in Scotland, made in the USA. Probably should get the music out for that at some hey. point hey, i never i will not ever want to play that live yeah, that's
1: okay i'll dub <laughs> in was, something
0: else on the audio edit
2: <laughs> that was an insult to bagpipes and america
1: <laughs> it, that's what we do here insult people and and institutions and everything
0: and with that welcome everyone to the channel rant podcast my name is josh with me as always is my bearded co-host mr andy fusco that's me and if you didn't know, now we're going to tell you uh, the only thing more harmful to your ears than that tune we played at the beginning will be our language. So you have five seconds to listen to something else. That's five, four, three, two, one. Fuck America. Fuck. Fuck.
1: Fuck. Oops. America. Fuck <laughs> Fuck yeah.
0: <laughs> Listeners can review the show on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Send us a screenshot, and we will send you a sticker. You can send us emails and voicemails. Be played on air. You can even call in to the Channer Ant voicemail line at 702-483-7762. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or if you're Australian, Snapchat, which I'm trying to do Snapchat now. To, and all I get is pictures of driving... Truck driving down the road from Uncle Chop and Honey Boo Boo. That's what it was two years ago. Why'd you get Hasn't back? Hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> Check out the Channarant store dot com. This episode brought to you by our patrons. Those lovely people who sign up at Patreon.com slash And last but not least, invite, share with your friends, Odd, Open, Fuco.
1: Hey, Josh. Yes, dear. You know what really sticks a uh, co-author in my authorship?
0: Uh, no, what's that? Uh,
1: when... You have to, when you have to do a show on the fourth, is today the fourth of July? Today's the third. Okay. When you have to do the show on the third of July and you're not properly, properly American drunk because we should be celebrating like America by drinking our asses off. And we just haven't got there yet. That makes this show way harder to do. It's only especially. treason if you lose. That's right. And then it's especially difficult when we got to listen to Doogie Sober. But here, we're going to try it anyway. Well, I'm going to try to make myself not sober before <laughs> we have to listen. I just read through his book I in like am. four days. Oof, uh, I might I'm be extra, doogied out. I'm extra sober today.
2: <laughs> extra sober.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're uh, you're on a note. You don't drink any really at all. I mean, not that you're not drinking, but you don't drink regularly, right? Because you're, f-
2: yeah, you're exercising uh, and stuff. Yeah, certainly recently because I can't. I've got this new, these new Invisalign oh, orthodontic right. shit in my <laughs> mouth. And so like it's horrible you literally can't do like all you can do is drink water unless you take your teeth out and you're supposed to keep them in 22 hours a day it's insane <laughs> wow
1: so no snacking for you
2: no but i i, I uh can you take them I out can, we, can we see it
1: can we can you show it to us
2: i can try i mean they're invisible
0: like, like take them out that's just like
2: a oh, just like no. A, no, a no.
1: you've
0: seen the commercial it's just, so, so we're just, so everybody, if you want to help Doogie out, send them care packages of hard candy only.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, well, that's, what's cool. It's like, you can eat Doritos and hard candy when, with these
3: okay. just,
2: uh, you just have to brush before you put them back in. So, mm. cause I did, I had braces when I was younger. It was, I told the orthodontist, I'm never doing that again. So. Hmm. So
0: as uh, many of our audience has already been able to discern, uh, we have some guests on the show today. We have Mr. Andrew Douglas, a.k.a. Doogie from the Piper's Dojo, and of course, the lovely and talented Ozzy Osbrod. Welcome, Ozzy. What time is it there in Australia?
3: Hey, boys, it's uh, 7 (laughs) a.m. Oh,
0: that's not too bad. But (laughs) in
3: solidarity with your national holiday, I did acquire a flag during lockdown in Australia yesterday, which is no mean feat. And I'm having brunch mimosas, so <laughs> happy See? Freedom Day. That's perfect.
0: <laughs> Fuck you, British. <laughs> I'll uh, drink to that.
3: <laughs> so uh,
0: real, we're going to talk today about, you know, on the topic of freedom, which we're celebrating this weekend, uh, we're going to talk about Finding Bagpipe Freedom, the uh, or as I like to call it, Finding Bagpipe Freedom, the latest book from the uh, Piper's Dojo, Andrew Douglas, and... Ozzy Osbrod, a.k.a. Camille.
1: (laughs) Bag Fife Freedom?
0: No, it's the Bag Fife Freedom, because when they did the cover, the person didn't put the channer behind the text properly. Oh, I see. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when you use Fiverr, people.
2: But it's a great book. No, uh, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's what happens when amateur graphic artists see the book cover and wish they thought of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, Fusco, you read the book, right? I have. I've read like eighty percent of it. Okay, that's pretty good. I've read zero percent because uh, I don't have any money, so I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> right. I think Andrew's
1: sending me an extra one, but maybe not. I'll but I'll I have.
0: Really. But I have. I am familiar with some of the core concepts after participating in the uh, dojo courses. So we'll get into the process. I think of what what spawned this uh, illegitimate love child later on in the episode. But first, we got to get through a bunch of crap. Uh, Dirtbag Olympics Part 5 Coming soon Send your stories in You can do so anonymously At ChainRank.com Slash Dirtbag uh, Check out the ChainRank Discord Become a patron We were talked about that now I'm going to get through this quick uh, Oh Speaking of the Piper's Dojo You can get a $1 Premium test drive 30 days ChainRank.com Slash Suck And You can get Your own copy Of Finding Bag Fight Freedom <laughs> At ChainRank.com Slash Freedom Sweet so buy your book today, people. Buy your books today. Get some Trust reading me, in.
1: It's actually pretty good. It gets better by the end. It's a little dry in the beginning. My review, official review, is a little dry in the beginning, but it gets better. <laughs> it's chock full you talking about, you good school. stuff. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, so
0: let's dive right into the meat. Uh, Doogie, what what made you decide? Hey, you know what? Let's condense all of these courses that I've been working on and the material into a book. Yeah, and why give away the whole to- the keys to the kingdom for thirty dollars or whatever this costs.
2: Before we get into this, I want to address what Josh said earlier and then try to get away with it, which is that he's familiar with a lot of the concepts in the book. Because if that's true, <laughs> you have a funny way of showing it, my
0: friend. <laughs> hey, I'm doing, I'm, uh, I'm doing neither as you say nor how, as you do.
2: Um, I mean, I noticed you didn't put any grips in uh, America, the Beautiful. Well, the shallow, I was but... I
0: was struggling pretty hard to remember what the fucking notes are, because that's one of the tunes right. that we... Remember, we used to have, like, an America set, and it was always horrible because none of those tunes, like, really fit well on bagpipes. So I just stopped playing them and didn't... And don't learn them and don't know them and don't keep them in my repertoire. Right. Is that what...
1: So the, Mar-
2: the America set is, like... A super ironic, problematic issue that we have in in American piping for sure. Yeah, no question about it's it. it's like. just
0: I would just rather like I've had people like, oh, can you do like the Star Spangled Banner? I'm like, no, just no, just stop. Yeah, just not no. <laughs> um,
2: really never. If understood. I could, I would let you know. Yeah,
0: I <laughs> always um, want to do it. I've had requests for that. I've had requests for like, oh, can you play Green Sleeves? I'm like, no, like just no, stop. Let, let me tell you what you want to hear. exactly it's like like the same as when you're at a wedding or a party and people are like oh play Amazing Grace that's the only thing they know they've ever heard on bagpipes and I'm like no I don't want to do that it's a party I love when people ask me for Ireland the Brave that's a great one Yeah,
1: (laughs) I swear to god that's happened to me I'm like, yeah, is it the one that goes like, da, 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 And they're like, yeah, that's it.
0: Or I get people that are just like, oh, uh, you know, can you, they just make up tune names. Like, can you play like the Highlanders March? And I'm like, yeah, totally. And I just play, I just play like Green Hills. I'm Whatever I like, go, like, yeah. Just.
1: I noticed, Josh, for your 100 day challenge, you played Green Hills like 17, 79 times. Yeah, I did
0: not learn a lot of new tunes, man. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I think, I think that the, the biggest pain in the ass part, uh, for me about the 100 day challenge is like getting home at nine o'clock and be like, fuck, I need to like rip something out. I need to tune fast, play fast, rip something out so that I'm not, you know, waking up all my neighbors.
1: Dougie, when you created the 100 day challenges, is this what you envision? Josh getting home at nine, just fuck, fuck this shit. I just got to hammer through one tune and this is this is what we're doing this for.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's totally fair game. Like a couple of things I did not expect. One of them is that I'm essentially not allowed in that group anymore.
1: The 100 day challenge group?
2: Yeah, anytime I comment anytime I comment the new the new self proclaimed kings of the hundred day castle, they like berate me and make me feel like a total dirtbag. So I, I can't go on like like I'm cyber bullied in a group I created. It's crazy. And then um and then the other thing I could not have anticipated is how many people desperately need to continue on past hundred days once they've gotten there. Oh yeah. Like like don't you have something better to do? with your time they're trying after to set the world record the or something. challenge yeah yeah it's like how about after 100 days then you start to improve your playing yeah focus you know, on that, that would be yeah <laughs> uh, and, and i'm being am uh, being a little bit of a sarcastic tick but also like that this is how i feel about it like the whole thing is we want people to establish a habit of playing right. every day right right after 100 days let's hope you're at least you know, mostly in the habit of playing every day. So now then what's the next step? It's not continuing on for another hundred days, right? (laughs) Or 700 days. days It's (laughs) not
0: playing at the same level for 500 days. Or
2: or it could be, right? It could be continuing that on, but like, but now integrating another layer of something, like maybe it's, maybe the next hundred days, uh, you know, uh, let's go for a hundred days in a row of being well-tuned or... Uh, or actually practicing some rhythm, uh, or something like that. But, but yeah, some people are on day 499 or something.
1: Right. Yeah, they're definitely are. And people. it's like,
2: cool. How about on day 500? Let's like try tuning.
1: I have a, a good question for you about that. Doogie. Okay. I, because you're, you're an athlete sort of at least lately, uh, <laughs> I'm and the, uh, you know, the a big part of weightlifting or doing anything athletic for that matter is, rest period right so you build muscle when you rest not when you're you break it down when you're doing something and you build it up when you rest and they talk about muscle building and how rest is a significantly important part of that and whatnot so when it comes to like the 100 day challenge or people especially coming up to like competitions and they just really start hammering on the pipes um do you have any thoughts on like um, my theory i guess or whatever my proposed theory is you need You need breaks too. like the 100 day challenge can't or if you're doing it for 400 days or 700 days, that can actually hurt you potentially because you're never resting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mentally, physically. We talk about this a lot in the book. So, uh, you know, as far as how doing the same thing over and over again and doing explicitly that is uh, would be very, very problematic. But it tends to be what 95 percent of pipers do. You know, like we pick we got our we got our band set. Our band competition set, and then we've got our personal competition set, maybe like if we're if we're like serious mm-hmm. uh and then uh and then that's what we decide we're gonna play for the whole year, and that's it, and then yeah, do that a hundred days in a row, and I don't know if you'll get worse, but you're certainly not gonna get better uh pretty much regardless of who's teaching you as well I suppose you'll get i suppose you could get a smidge better at those tunes with really good instruction, but uh, but yeah, it all has to be strategic. And then, yeah, you should never play your pipes more as you approach the big event. That would be, it's, right, if exactly. anything, it's, it is a lot like weightlifting where there would be a tapering Correct. Yeah, period, exactly. you know, and, you know, in Verari we do a lot of tuning and stuff before the worlds, obviously, but you'll notice if you watch a top band prepare for a big event, you're not actually, you, you are doing a lot of tuning, but the bagpipes actually get played a very conservative amount of time. Right. Um and very little practicing is able to happen that week, partially because you're busy tuning, but also because you really should just be tapering and coasting at that point, and right. just uh, visualizing. And you shouldn't be. You're, you would obviously never be learning tunes or trying to fix them or anything uh, if you're if you're serious about having a chance at being successful. I would say.
0: Right. I also think that one of the potential pitfalls of something. Uh, like the hundred day challenge. And this is just from my experience and I, but I'm assuming I'm not the only one is you create, like I ended up in some weeks creating a habit where once I played my bagpipes for once a day, like that was all I had to do. So I was like, Oh, like I did my, I did my bagpiping today. I did my one tune and did my submission. And realistically, I think what you want is, you know, going back to the, going back to the analogy of let's say exercise or weightlifting, like on your rest days, you should be able to like play channer and learn a new tune or work on embellishments or something like that. And then like on your lifting days, that could be when you're like, all right, I'm going to record a video and I'm going to do this and blah, 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 blah. blah. So it's just a, a, a more diverse mix, I think would be better. Cause you do, I definitely fell in the habit, especially being like busy some weeks where I was like, Oh, like that's all I have to do this week is play bagpipe seven times.
2: Right. <laughs> I mean, that would be the minimally, the minimally viable, commitment that you make with yourself yeah yeah and and it's like you know i think 100 days is probably uh well i think it's great you know i kind of like came up with it and challenged people to to do it and now it's totally out of my hands i'm not allowed in there anymore but (laughs) i do i do i do do love the
0: community it built the rules
1: have changed people are at least they're playing i guess i don't know it is a community which can be good or bad
2: (laughs) yeah as we've learned well one of the things things. (laughs) yeah like the most irritating thing the thing that bugs me the most is when people play like for an hour and they're on there boasting about how long they played on day 37. And like, to me, it's just, it's like a weird, uh, it's like a weird, uh, power trip. It's a weird flex. That these people do. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It, it's like a weird flex that people feel the need to do. But the whole point is you just need to do one, you know, and, and just, you know, and the I... group is there. The group is there just as like an accountability, uh, group. Like, hey, I did my thing today. Cool. Like, I really wish that's all it was. Instead, it's like, I played the entire catalog of John McClellan of the Noon Tunes tonight without stopping. Uh, And it's like, bro, that's not really in the spirit. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I I occasionally go on and try to reinforce this. Um, And then everybody shoots you down. Yeah, like I wonder how many people... I wonder how many people go on that group and see these people doing that and are just like, Oh man, like I don't do that. So I don't really fit in here. So I guess I'm not really going to be able to use this group for, you know, for just doing the bare minimum, which is, you know, that's what good, they probably really need to do.
1: That's a good point. I didn't think about it from that angle. Cause I, that, I think that happens in classes too. Like people will pop into a class and then they will be like, Oh, this is way above me. And then never come back or something like that's probably yeah, a similar, yeah. similar feeling. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Do, do, uh, and I've had that, I've had that feeling many times in my life. You know, not so much in piping. I've always sort of been very, very lucky. But I mean, that's the reason it took me so long to start CrossFit, for example, is that shit's intimidating.
1: Oh big. You time. know? Yeah, big
2: time. Uh, and uh, and you see people who are probably not that much different than you, but they're able to do things that are beyond what you're able to do. And that that doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy like you want to jump right in. And that's what the that's what that group should be about. Anyway, uh, we're off topic. So.
1: <laughs> well, it's going to happen. Uh, so is something that you just go back to something you were saying there. You mentioned in the book, there's a part where you talk about, again, back to this overplaying thing where you sort of like you're hammering your solo tunes and this happened to you. I don't remember if you mentioned the year, or how long ago it was, but like you come into August and like you're just you just lose the groove. You're like, I'm making mistakes I never made before or just like the over tip, what I've experienced this for sure, that overplaying mentality where you just you're doing it too much and you just things go haywire for no reason like you talk about that in the book um at some point so what's the uh what's your general thought or solution to something like that
2: well it's it's definitely an interesting thing and i think stagnation is a really big part of uh you know a really big problem that a lot of pipers deal with right so Mm -hmm. um the and when we're at that point in the book we're already beyond the point where we talk about constantly varying your material
1: right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: but uh but the first thing there is you want to try not to put yourself in that position in the first place which is the big mistake most people make which is they have band sets with no expiration date that end up getting played over and over and over again like have you guys in the vegas band or camille in your band have you ever had a competition set That remained your competition set for additional seasons where it probably really shouldn't have just because people couldn't get their shit together and put out new material.
0: Doogie, I've been playing the same 10 tunes for like three fucking
2: years. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Right. And that would be like doing only bicep curls at the exact same weight every single day when you go to the gym. That's not going to turn you into a good athlete. Right. Uh, And neither is playing the same material over and over and over again. Uh, I think if you look at any successful piper, one of the things you'll notice about them is that they have an, a vast repertoire. Now, it might not be vast in the sense that it's all perfectly polished. But, you know, uh, all the pipers I looked up to, uh Jack Lee, Jim uh Adrian Melvin comes to mind. Like these guys have endless amounts of repertoire. Rob Matheson comes to mind. Uh, and that's not a coincidence, right? Through that wide variety of material, uh, that's where you really... Can figure out the fundamentals and it's also where you can sort of find the essence for lack of a uh less subjective term of what these tunes are about which will help prohibit the stagnation in the first place right
0: mm-hmm. um, 100 i so i've fallen into that trap certainly <laughs> i do, yeah, I, I, mean, do I, the... I do i do want to take issue with what you
1: what you said andrew it has nothing to do with leadership uh, not having their shit together there is, there is a different reason why we play the same shit over and over again, but okay, what's the
2: reason? What's the reason?
1: <laughs> um, because it takes them three years to memorize anything anyway. So if I change everything at yeah. once, so that, we're going so to we're never going to play ever anywhere.
2: So per- I mean, and that's exactly, um, that's exactly the bottom line. Right. Uh, and by the way, it's, it's like exactly what the book is, uh, what the book is going after and, and like prepared to tackle, right? Which is Correct. you can't learn new sets because the people in your band can't learn tunes fast enough. Okay. And the reason they can't learn tunes fast enough is because their fundamentals aren't strong enough. Correct. So what are the fundamentals that you should be focusing on in what order uh, and what are your priorities uh, in order to make it so that when you have new tunes in the band, people can learn them to a, a decent standard uh, in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right.
3: I, I like too. It's not just go ahead, sorry. You... It's no, not no, just no, like stag, stag it's not just like stagnation of the fundamentals, it's also stagnation of enjoyment of the tunes. So I recently completed another run through the hundred day challenge and I tried to take on board the stuff that we talked about in the book and constantly vary my material by trying to play a different tune every day and it made it fun again. <laughs> like actually, Remember that I didn't need to get stuck on that E-doubling and Donald McLean. Like, I could just play something. and like, oh, I remember playing this in a pub and it was fun and it doesn't sound great and my embellishments aren't great, but I'm fucking enjoying myself. <laughs> I forgot that piping was supposed to be a hobby that I actually love and not, not something I'm supposed to, like, beat my head against a brick wall trying to get absolutely perfect every time, which is someone with perfectionist tendencies <laughs> can be a very easy rabbit hole to fall down, so... Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but anyway, Andy, let's, uh, let's address your question. So sure. what we're talking about, uh, when you're reading that in the book is how you can use the bagpipe freedom process, uh, that we do at the dojo, but we also outline it in detail in the book. Uh, you can use that to get yourself out of a rut, right? So, right. uh, so when you're feeling stagnated, you can go back, you can and, and should, right? You should go all the way back to phase one. Okay. Strip down the tune to its rhythm only. And dig into that rhythm. You know, have you let anything lapse? Is the rhythm still really well in control, able to play it with the metronome? Do you fully understand it? Are there uh, aspects of the rhythm that you could enhance uh, to do a better job? Like expression comes to mind there, right? Like maybe we could take the dots and cuts and uh, again, to simplify things, express those dots and cuts a little bit better. But do that at the rhythm layer with whatever tune that you feel is stagnant. Okay, and then from there... Play the tune on the practice chanter, but with no embellishments, uh, focusing on just simple grace note quality, simple uh, scale navigation, which basically equates to avoiding crossing noises. And just, again, look at that layer in detail. From there, you would move on to basic bagpipe operation with no chanter at all, basically, you know, is now, my blowing steady.
1: What do you do when you take your band into phase two and take all the embellishments out and then then they uh, vote you out as pipe major at that point?
2: Yeah, because, um, <laughs> you no, I think if
1: that, I mean, I'm being funny, but like the, the I've dealt yeah. with revolt. I've simplified tunes in the dojo way before and then like people were pissed. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, OK, yeah. Uh, why do you think that is? Yeah, yeah. Like, why are people why do you think that is?
1: I, they they I think it's because ego. I think they felt like they they're better than that and they don't have to do that. That kind of thing.
2: If you look at anything in the entire freaking world. Okay, this is how you learn. For example, do you learn how to fly an airplane in a Boeing seven million seven Dreamliner? Definitely not. No, no. But that's what bagpipers (laughs) insist on, right? Yes. Like I have to play. I have to play with a full Ross Canister system with the digital tuner, all the embellishments in. Because otherwise, screw that. I'm not doing this shit. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm not a real boy. uh, Like in (laughs) golf, you know, like in when you learn to play golf, how do they teach you? They don't teach you with. A full bag of clubs they teach you with a five iron and until you get good at the five iron you don't move on to the other clubs because until you could do that well uh you're just wasting time right mm-hmm. you're not i mean sure can you enjoy golf with the full bag of clubs for a short period of time yes you can but when you want to figure out to get better how to get better you're going to go to an instructor and what's that instructor going to tell you in order to get better we got to learn how to do the simple things really well right that, you know what i mean like you could name anything else baking riding riding a bike i guess
1: kind you know, like
2: <laughs> break up is this my internet or someone else's uh
1: it's probably yours uh yeah kind is definitely a big part of my it's practice day. makes perfect yeah absolutely yeah. i'm with you on that one uh <laughs> no i was reading through the pipe band se- uh part of the book and uh and a lot of these things are floating through my head as I'm reading through this like all right, what are we going to do here? Like, how am I going to, how am I going to reset the band? Cause you talk about how you reset or more at some point and that sort of thing. And, um, I'm thinking about like, Oh boy, how do I, how do I make this happen? And the pipe band section of the book is pretty, it's pretty cool. It's just basically just make people essentially work their way through the phases and that's how they get into the parade band or whatever, all that kind of stuff. Right. Makes sense. So, um, but and then I also love the idea of the, uh, the the manometer octopus or whatever. But I need to know specifically. There's no drawings in the book about how the fuck I set that sucker up at band practice. So <laughs> so that everybody's hooked up. Like how do you do that? I saw the picture, but you can't really tell. It's like a black and white picture, and it's really hard to tell. Um, like how do you do the like? That's a huge thing. The 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 manometer octopus. Do we lose Andrew? Oh, we lost him. All right, Camille, I guess the question goes to you. How do we do the Manometer Octopus? Jesus. <laughs> can
3: you get I had enough trouble setting up my own bloody Manometer.
1: <laughs> Josh. Yes. Can you get him back?
3: Uh, yeah, give me a sec.
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. So, what was that, Camille?
3: I had enough trouble setting up my own bloody manubrist.
1: No <laughs> chance there. <mate. laughs> I, I just want to know the mechanics of that part. I don't. I, maybe he goes into it at some point, but I don't think he does. About like how they did. Didn't that you guys
3: there. do one at one stage with the Vegas band?
1: We we did it at like a clinic, and it was like God. How many people were there? It was like twenty people, and it was. But we we were at a fire department, and we had like. We had ladders and shit built. Like I can't bring that into the. It was it was wild. Like how we made that yeah, happen. Yeah. I couldn't do that at the church with without my own equipment. Like I'm not bringing two ladders and a fucking two. I don't even like having to bring the fucking bass <laughs> drum. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, if we had our own place and we could do something permanent, that would be one thing. But, uh, dude, can you hear me again?
3: Don't you have a bunch of fire? Don't you have a bunch of firefighters playing for the band? Just get them to bring the stuff on.
0: We've got one firefighter no. local that plays in the band that shows up once a month. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> there Doogie. you
3: go. That's your practice.
0: Hopefully, hopefully soon to be two firefighters locally <laughs> in the band. Yeah, someday, someday, someday.
1: Then in the future, Doogie, can you hear us?
2: Yeah, I I, I had like a internet storm. I think I'm okay. at my parents' house, so
1: that's
0: okay.
2: I don't know how how reliable. Stop torrenting
0: is. porn, Doogie. <laughs> is that still?
1: Is it you still torrenting? <laughs> so anyway yeah, the, the, like, qu- the question uh, was how do I set up very specifically give me specific details here how do I set up the manometer octopus and make this work in a band practice I know you've done it I just want to know exactly how you do it because I don't have the tools uh, so, or the know-how.
2: so that's a good question um, and I know I know the Ulster band we we found a picture they posted a great picture of their octopus right, and I they used it in the book
1: it's just hard um, to see the details like I see the picture but it's hard to see the details in there
2: yeah, so in 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 the old days, uh, it was it was a um, it was a very American approach uh, <laughs> in R and more, which is basically you figure it out and you show up to band practice with a manometer that works. Uh, and did you so, still stand uh, in
1: a circle though? Like, how did you arrange oh, your yeah. band so that it worked? Like they they yeah, brought so, like a hook and lo- w-
2: yeah, so people brought a music stand uh and then uh hooked their manometer onto that uh and just stood there in the circle with it um gotcha. but okay. it you know it, it's don't be tempted to picture some sort of beautiful scenario here it was a total cluster <laughs> uh, it was a total cluster everybody did all sorts of crazy stuff i remember one guy in the band he just read online that you should have a cork to um uh, to restrict the airflow so, so the water wouldn't move so much. So I remember him, and I remember he came in one day, and his tone was like way better than mine. Eric Olets, Keegan's, and we're like, wait a second, bro. What did you do? <laughs> What's going on? And he was like, no, no, I just I, I built it the way you're supposed to build it. And then we found the piece of cork in there, and we're like, wait, what is this? <laughs> and then we took, and then we took it out, and then the the um, he was a really nice guy, but he was really upset when he figured out the actual quality of his tonal production. <laughs> yeah,
1: So uh, I could build this. Can, can you build it that we can use it in the church? Then?
0: Like in my in my mind, what this ends up being is kind of like, have you ever seen like a pasta drying rack? Or mm-hmm. it's like a post with sticks coming off all the sides at different angles. OK, yeah, I, I can make that just a wood stick. And like with, a maple. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, yeah, something like that would work. Yeah, I just need to know how many branches it needs. I'd say
1: best case scenario, 10. Okay. On yeah, a I good could build, day, it. which is never going to happen.
3: Um, I'm could, optimistic. <laughs> I'm
0: being very optimistic
3: here, but I
1: mean, I'm just I could planning go... for the uh, 20 years from now.
3: <laughs> I could go
0: full buggy and just make it all out of PVC so that you could disassemble it and that's pack an idea. The bag. Buggy would have done that. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's a good point. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm in. Um, yeah, I could build. They this. have
2: those like they have those really cheap uh, coat hanger sets at at uh, Walmart and Target and stuff, and mm. you could start with that for sure, uh, and just have everyone bring their manometer in with a coat hanger and then you just kinda hang your hang your coat up, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and you could keep the coat hanger things at band practice. Yeah, my you could do is something like
0: that like a like a C stand base. And then it just like comes off in branches and you know, like a star and then your manometer is like hanging right in front of your freaking face at that point. Yeah. I could build that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm using I'm using <laughs>
0: yeah. money, but I'll love it. <laughs> I like the idea. I, I like,
2: do think um uh, I do think the question that you were asking before my internet went bad is like an important thing to think about. Like you don't need the manometer setup in your band uh, before you've convinced them that they need to earn the right to play embellishments, right? Like that's, that's more that's, important.
1: Yes, I agree. So how, yeah. t- how would you convince my band? Cause they're probably listening. Some of them are listening.
2: <laughs> really? Your guys still listen to you guys? Uh, a couple,
1: maybe a couple two, of do, yeah. maybe two, three. On the, uh, ra- on the look, rare occasion right. that I get an edit out. <laughs> Doogie, I want you to address Angel right now. Say, Angel, this Angel. is what.
2: <laughs> Angel, you are a great player. You don't need, <laughs> he's you got, don't need to fix anything.
1: He's got natural you rhythm. You just keep I'll give doing what you're
2: doing. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> look, what is an embellishment made of? Embellishment is made of? Grace notes. Scale that scale navigation grace notes and of course rhythm right like there's a certain part of that embellishment that needs to go uh on the mythical beat right right uh the and ever, uh,
1: the ever elusive beat just like the ever elusive female orgasm
2: exactly at least a mile exactly
1: is that, is right. that still <laughs> eluding you <laughs>
3: It it's not that elusive if you're doing it right, Andy. Well, you know, I'm not that hey. concerned
1: about that part.
2: Oh, man. Even, at, even at seven in the morning,
1: come on. Attaining oh. vaginal freedom—that's what my—that's my, that's
2: my
0: yeah. new book. Finding <laughs> finding clitoral freedom.
2: Yeah, and you, and you know, and you can know you give that book
3: to life. every? Can you give that book to every blokey you now, please?
1: Absolutely, no problem. <laughs> um, Sorry, go ahead, Dougie. You're going to say something serious here.
2: Uh, well, you know, uh, no, I don't even remember what we were talking about.
1: <laughs> you were talking about convincing our band members about embellishments and what they're made up of, and all that,
0: and earning the right. Earning the I right. like that. I like that terminology there: earning the right to use an embellishment.
2: Yeah. Um, so, so an embellishment is made up of these three ingredients, right? So, all I'm I'm not really asking you to simplify tunes for very long. As a matter of fact, somebody like Angel is probably only going to have to play without embellishments for about ten minutes. Uh, and, and and once we recognize that he's perfectly playing to the click of a metronome, mm-hmm. that all of his note changes are perfectly clean, which I know they are, and that his all of his grace <laughs> notes are really crisp with you know great fundamental quality. We're once talking about we the same those... angel,
1: right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, I think he's being oh, surprised. Yeah. No, no, no. A- I know Angel is great at all three of these things. I just know it. So, so Angel, you know, just uh, agree agree to play with no embellishments until we've confirmed these things, and then we'll move forward.
0: Perfect. I love
1: this idea. How long, how long do you think Josh would be in the first three phases? I'm still in the first uh, phase.
0: Well, that's true because you haven't, but I'm just <laughs> extrapolating. What do you think? Beer boy kicked my ass. He knocked them all out.
2: Um, I, I think Josh has experience playing other types of music. So I think he would get through the rhythm phase uh, faster than average.
1: Yep. I think uh, that's true.
2: I, and I think, I think he would get through phase two faster than average. I think he has nice uh, strength and experience on the bagpipes. Maybe some posture things we got to get sorted out. (laughs) As you know, uh, blowpipe boy. Uh, But but I think he'd get into phase four pretty quick. And then uh, we'd be there for a little while until we uh, ironed out some of the details.
0: My favorite still was the – I did like a shit-faced – Doja, because I forgot I forgot to do my hundred day challenge, so I did one like right after the pod. And remember, I, oh, yeah. I just blew directly into the stock. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, <laughs> I was like, "Is this short enough yeah.
0: for you, Doogie?" <laughs> that's right. You took the blow stick out. Yeah. That I was that was, uh, with... that was physically demanding. Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> I think I came back. I think my response to that was like surprisingly that was much better than. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's like <laughs> he's like surprisingly better posture than usual. <laughs>
2: Even though you had no blowpipe at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So anyway, that's all the boring stuff about the book. Now, what do you really want to ask?
0: Oh, man. Oh. So this is why we brought Ozzy on. Because I
2: assumed as much. We yeah.
0: have, I, I would like to preface this with the fact that both uh, Fusco and I have worked with Doogie over the years. On a number of endeavors, uh, usually I would say—and correct me if I'm mistaken—more like creative endeavors is usually where I That's come where in. You do, yeah. And then you've been working with him on teaching stuff for a while now. Yeah. How long have you been at the dojo?
1: Almost four years now.
0: Yeah. 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 So we have a lot of experience working with uh, the idiot savant that is Andrew <laughs> Douglas,
1: <laughs> and he berates me on a weekly basis. It's fantastic.
0: <laughs> um, Ozzy, is this? True. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ozzie, is this your first experience uh, working closely with uh, Doogie on this book?
3: Not quite. So we worked together on a project last year for the Pipe Majors Symposium.
1: Oh, that's right. You put that book together, right?
3: Yeah. Right. So that was a, that was the first time, kind of. Yeah, working on a project together. So. And you and, and, uh, and you came
1: back for more. I'm surprised. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I'm
0: interested to hear the three different opinions on working with Doogie because, like, uh, Ozzy, like, did you find you find it pretty easy to work with?
3: Yeah, actually.
1: <laughs> no, 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 You just, just even if it's even if it's good, just make some shit up.
0: <laughs> Talk shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all you have oh. to elaborate. Yeah, it was. It was just. Oh no, no, it was a breeze.
3: Definitely. So, um, I actually first started like working with Andrew because I messaged him out of the blue and told him his social media was rubbish. <laughs> I, think <that> was like, <laughs> I think that was like a year ago, <laughs> We're a bit over. So, um, and I, I initially got this very short reply. I'm just like, yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> like, wait, his personal or like, like, like the dojo stuff? He doesn't have personal
1: stuff. No, the
3: do- the dojo, yeah, oh, okay. for sure. His, his, he's never on personal social media, so how can that be rubbish?
0: <laughs> you gotta,
1: you have to nice know if you don't play
3: the game.
0: You have to know his <laughs> secret personal social. Yeah, Only a few people have. It's that. his wife. I, I get a message in, <laughs> at midnight
1: from his wife. I'm like, oh, this is awkward. I'm gonna have to. What? Oh, and then I realize it's Doogie messaging me in
0: millet. <laughs> you, re- you realize right before you send that dick pic,
1: right. wait, I'm it's like,
0: a different <laughs> person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Fusco, you've worked with Doogie uh, teaching. How, how would you describe the experience? Uh, It's a little up and down,
1: um, meaning it's uh, manic. Maybe is a way to put it. I could okay. I, I could I could concur. Doogie's incredibly sarcastic, very very funny, and then also very angry out of nowhere sometimes which is, you just never know. Like one of the funny things we talk about in our meetings when after Doogie leaves, because he's always in a hurry, because he's a very important man, um, is like, uh, oh, we got the good good Doogie today. All right, he's in a good mood today. We're okay. And sometimes he just like hates, he just yells at us. Like, uh, well, not really yells, but you know, he's very short. And, uh, but it's, so it's a little up and down, but it's always good. Uh, Doogie's a good guy in general.
2: So talk, I want to hear, I want to hear stuff that I've yelled about. From your perspective.
1: Um let's see. Well first We don't have the, to get into first the dick that you sent to his, into his wife. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like that. Um
2: I I'm we don't usually more of this week's incident.
1: Yeah, well that wasn't towards me. That was just me witnessing yeah, we won't talk Ooh, about that. Oh, so we fucked up this week, but you, it wasn't us. No, no, no. Um, but it was. But uh, usually, it's just me witnessing you fighting with Carl. That's usually what I witness. Is. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like Carl tries to like be a reasonable human being, and then you're <laughs> you.
2: That <laughs> yeah, that's one way of looking at it. A I mean, reasonable human being is sometimes a really nice like a, a, an overly generous way of describing the shit Carl says sometimes. Right. No. No, but he he's
1: equally it. fucking off the wall sometimes, but it's um it's funny cuz he's the marketing guy, right? Or in his personality, he's like the guy that's always smoothing things over. Let's let's talk let's say it that way, not that he's the marketing guy per se, but like yeah. like he's if, the if, fixer. Yeah, he's the fixer. So if somebody's pissed about something, it's like, "All right, Carl, will you Carl's going to message him and smooth this over?" <laughs> I used to have
0: to do that with you all the time. Like,
1: yeah but, yeah, but you're more of an asshole than me in band. Is that what you're referring
0: to? No, but no, like, I used to smooth over shit when people would be pissed off at you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah for sure,
1: sure.
2: I, I'm not wholly unlike Doogie is, at all. <laughs> I'm very like um The truth of the, the the relationship I have with Carl is, like, so good. And I think from the outside, sometimes, and and i'm sure sometimes it actually is true but sometimes it looks like i'm just dumping shit i don't want to do on carl but it's usually very strategic like if if a customer is upset i almost always ask carl to handle it because the way i would handle it uh it, it would it gr- requires it requires great painful effort for me to do it the right way uh and what ends up happening is i end up i end up uh i end up using sarcasm as like the way to get to the point quickly and it it you no, know, doesn't backfires
0: <laughs> well and it's like it's it's like the uh doogie is the master of like the like saying something shitty and be like hey i'm just joking but i'm really not joking like right <laughs> like it's like it's like uh no i really this really does suck like he make does, it
1: better he doesn't hide, hide it well at all
0: <laughs> my experience working with doogie has uh historically been actually pretty great as far as like compared to other clients i've had in the past when it comes to like print jobs video jobs stuff like that because he'll just be like oh i want it i want this and i'll be like okay cool and then i'll just make it and like you mean like this and he's like "Eh, maybe one or two tweaks like i remember we would do the vlog back in the day and i think like the first two vlogs we had notes on and then after that he was like no you kind of picked up the style i want like you're good and I was like cool. It yeah. was it was a yeah. breeze. It was a breeze to work with. I was like, oh yeah. And the the biggest pain in the ass was like remembering all the different places in AWS I had to upload shit.
2: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that part sucks. That's the part I hate the most too. It's like, you know, uh uh is just the um like the framework of how this is going to work and the hardest part is not Josh video editing the vlog. The hardest part is all the other stuff that I, you know, That unless I outsource that, I still it takes all that time for me to do that, you know. So, yeah, that. Yeah, I remember I had
0: there was a time period where I had a cheat sheet, like a stapled up by my monitor. where it's like, okay, like and the only thing that wasn't on there was finish the edit. So I start from the edit being done and it's like, all right, so now you need to go to this URL to post it this way to do this and do the titling here and update this spreadsheet. And that actually didn't take me very long once I got into the swing of it. Right. But yeah, no, I mean I've worked with way worse clients.
3: I gotta hey, say, I'll I've, take it. I've had ex- I've had exactly the same experience and it wasn't what I expected working with Andrew. I don't know what I expected, but what did you expect? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I didn't know what to expect. He could be um, an unpredictable character.
1: Yes, that and, is um, very I'd, true.
3: <laughs> as a, as an as an editor, um I'm used to like the compliment sandwich and working with very precious authors and like I work with academics every day so like trying to trying to like overcome um ego can be a challenging part of the job and actually one previous project that I'd worked on was with my dad which if I can recommend to anyone never ever 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 work with your family dad like handed me this manuscript for his memoir which is even worse because it's like his even more his baby than something else he might have (laughs) written And he basically said like, "Oh, I want you to like, you know, do a, do a proofread on this for me and like edit it for me." And what he really wanted was for me to read it and go, "Dad, it's perfect." And like, <laughs> <laughs> "You've done absolutely, you've done like, you've done a bestseller here." Yeah. Like, I don't have to change anything. Obviously, that wasn't the case. I changed like every fucking word, <laughs> and uh, he was not a fan. <laughs> so I had to sit there for like excruciating hours, like literally justifying word by word why I would change this that he's like, well, in my understanding from fucking grade 10 English? This isn't what you do. I'm like, mate, I have a master's degree. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little experience. Different. Like <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing with this one.
2: <laughs> but, so um, yeah,
3: no, with Andrew, with Andrew, it was great because he, you can tell him exactly what you think. And he's like, oh, fair enough. <laughs> sure. You do it. I was like, this is fucking amazing. I don't even have to couch it with compliments. <laughs> <Like> just, <laughs> this is shit. We should change it. Like, yeah, okay. Yep. Like what? you do something different. And it's like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I
0: was about to say, for some, of our, for some of our listeners, Ozzy, would you describe the compliment sandwich? Because I'm familiar with it, but I don't know that everybody is.
3: <laughs> so the compliment sandwich is when you have something that is going to completely, like, completely um, destroy someone's ego. And then you sandwich it between a couple of compliments about like, oh my God, say so, like, what you were trying to do here was so great, but this was completely shit and we need to rewrite the whole thing. But I really appreciate like your writing style. And like what so like, like, you said, it's kind of you like you like pump up there ego to start with and then you deliver the hard news. And then you're like, but actually, I, like, I still really like you and I think your, your work's great. and I think we can do yeah. something with
2: it. <laughs> As a yeah. matter of fact, that's the first thing we told to Fusco uh, when he came to the first Dojo team meeting. So I, if I hear one fucking compliment sandwich, you're fired. <laughs> Get that shit away from me. <laughs> I,
1: I remember it differently. I remember you telling me to compliment sandwich people because we used to
2: before the oh, freedom. Students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, got to compliment. You got to do it with the students. students. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Well, your webcam resolution is great. And <laughs> I really love what you've done with the room. Now play everything differently.
1: <laughs> so previous to the bagpipe freedom process, we used to do a different thing where people would still submit to the week and very often. For a little while, for a good year, I did a lot of the reviews and we graded them on this thing, which was all the fundamental dojo fundamentals. And then we would comment specifics. And, but Andrew was always like, in the in like the paragraph that you just give a general opinion, compliment sandwich them like all the time. And now that we do the bagpipe freedom process where we still grade people every week, we still do the same thing. Like, so they're constantly coaching us on like, you know, be very positive, give them something that they did well, then give them the thing they should focus on next and then give them another compliment. You know, it's always like that, which is fine. It, it is. Sometimes it is incredibly difficult to find something <laughs> to find positive something to say. It's like, wow. Um, you hit record. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> you hit the record button correctly. <laughs> Excellent job. Like, holy shit. <laughs> this is why like the older,
0: this way the older I get, the less I thrive in like a teaching space. Cause I'm just like, I'm like, oh fucking Christ. Like
1: I envy cam and, uh, Greg sometimes. Cause Granted, their job is harder because they're doing like the phase fives and fours for the most part. And uh, but at least they have more options for positivity. It's like, hey, you did pretty well at, I don't know, playing the right notes. Yeah, like at least second, that's in there.
0: Second, <laughs> the second part was good. Like, how do you how do you like <laughs> how do you soften the blow for someone who's just been clapping into a fucking microphone?
1: Well, there's there's four categories when you're doing phase one. There's four things to comment on that. And two of them are basically a given. So you got basically two. And it's like, uh well, I can hear your clapping, yeah. so that's good. <laughs> then again, I
2: can't even thing.
0: like I can't even fucking levy criticism because it took me uh what, eight months into Zoom lessons during the pandemic to get people to bring a fucking metronome. Oh wow. Well, like, that I was like, doesn't
1: happen to Dojo. Our people are well trained, right, Doogie?
0: Like I literally had to send the I sent the band a checklist. I was like, this is every single thing I expect you to have with you when you show up to Zoom practice. Mm-hmm. I expect you to be on time. I expect you to have a metronome. I expect you to have a copy of your music available. I expect you to have your fucking practice channel. I expect you to be clothed. I expect you to be in a chair. I expect <laughs> the air conditioning to be on. <laughs> like, I don't... Yeah. Because otherwise, like, like, fuck, dude. Like, come on, man. Just, just bring the basics. <laughs> Doogie, can you comment
1: on the quality of the... Um What would we call it? The consistency and training of our dojo students and how well they're prepared, generally speaking, for these things.
2: Just as far as like uh, having the appropriate equipment. Correct. Yeah, um, it's getting better. Like we're getting better at communicating what they need. You know, the biggest thing is like uh, the biggest challenges are the manometer and then the uh, amplified metronome. That's Mm -hmm. like one of the biggest hurdles. Uh, uh, And then, of course, the recorder itself, you know, uh, non-technological people have problems like making a recording and then figuring out how to get it to some place on the cloud where they can then share it so those are like the biggest issues logistically uh that we've had to try to figure out over time
1: right yeah absolutely i think the i think the key to that and i'm always bad at this myself is like just insisting that you do it like yeah and i think that's what and not
0: accepting any substitute
1: correct like and doogie's pretty good at that where it's like you know what bite the bullet and get a goddamn friggin' little guitar amp or whatever the one that you guys have that's recommended the little amp thingy and a lot of people they'll hem and haw and bitch about it and then they get it and it's like and then then it's over (laughs) they just use it it's great um like yeah you mentioned barb in the book and she was one of those back in the day who would fight over everything like i just want to change i don't want to change right and then as she kind of did the thing and then she got a little better and then she did the next thing and she got a little better and, or whatever, you know, she got, she finally got the amp and she figured out how to use Bluetooth and Camille walked her through how to use technology and, <laughs> you know, like, and then it worked. over and over, and over again. Yeah. Over and over again. And put it, but then it worked. Right. I mean, and she's, you want to talk about her at all? Like you mentioned her as a specific thing in the book, a student in the book who had success with the, the rhythm part of this.
2: You want to talk about her?
1: I'm sure, if you want to.
2: It's a good My scene. internet's just being really flaky. I I, I want to wait till it clears up.
1: Okay, that's fine. Um, so while your internet's uh cleaning up, let me let me read from the book.
0: Because are this... you doing? Is is this your audition to do the official VO? I audiobook? think he's. I
1: think he's already done it. I think he's already recorded it. But oh, man, <laughs> that'll be great though. I've been having trouble sleeping lately. So this is a great question for Camille because she can actually hear me. Um, so. <laughs> I'm curious while I'm reading this and and bear with me. It's two paragraphs that I'm going to read. So it's a little bit longer. I have a fresh whiskey. You're good. Stay with me. So here we go. You'll you'll get it as I come in. So it says this. Now, I'm not talking about well-intentioned folks who are genuinely trying to help others by steering them towards trusted resources and advice. But you can sniff out the armchair mob instantly. They're the ones clinging stubbornly to the front incline of the Dunning-Kruger curve. And rather than trying to help, have instead wrapped their clumsy fingers around a virtual megaphone to projectile vomit, ignorance, half-learned concepts, and opinions stated as fact over comment threads and forums, purely for a self-indulgent dopamine rush. What infuriates me is that this deafening din of (laughs) know-it-all online noise can be overwhelmingly for newer players (coughs) who have no idea which opinions to trust and often get led astray. And then end up having to spend longer down the track on doing all those bad habits and ideas they learned initially before they can make any progress towards actual mastery of the bagpipe. Or worse still, they give up in frustration before they get the help they need, further diminishing our numbers as a community. So my question in regards to this statement is, one, who actually wrote that? And two, <laughs> why did you save this for the end of the book instead of coming out hard like this? So, and and I I probably know the answer, but
0: I I oh, want it doesn't look the same one. But I was pointing at Ozzy. Yeah, if yeah, I do yeah. it like this, it looks more like I'm pointing at Ozzy on our screen, right? So I could suspect that like something like this in the front of the book, you're you,
1: you would worry that this would turn people off. But um, the other, the thing that I think is like be, it, this is right near the end that something that you start to go off the fucking rails here, where you just be a little more honest about like your opinions and we know your opinions well, but you know, uh, we
0: agree. We agree <laughs> with most of your opinions. <laughs> well,
1: that's true. Yeah. And and this is like so true, but the, the traditional establishment, if you will,
0: the old cucks, the old cucks would. are
1: not on with that sort of thing because it doesn't help them make their income regularly as judges and teachers or whatever. But anyway, I would like you guys, both of you to comment one, Camille, what what were your thoughts when you wrote that? And two, <laughs> uh, and how much influence did Doogie have on this? And then why save it for the end? What was your thought process for arranging the way you come into it pretty gentle and then hammer at the end? Like it gets pretty intense by the end.
3: So two things. <laughs> yes, I definitely did write that bit. <laughs> And I think, because this is towards the end, this was by the stage where um, Diggy had kind of stopped editing me so much, <laughs> <laughs> so I could, so the way that we kind of started working was that Andrew had kind of written, the, the bulk of like the um, Freedom Phases chapters came from actually other content that we kind of cobbled together and like worked into a bit more of like a flow for those chapters. Sure. And Andrew had actually written the bulk of the first couple of chapters himself, and I kind of just sort of edited them. And by the time we got to sort of the later the later chapters, um, we changed the way we were working a little bit, and then Andrew would sort of give me some ideas that he wanted to write in, and I would basically write the chapter. So and most of it. So for example, the pipe bench chapter, he kind of given me some memories and stuff that I sort of wrote up, and he told me whether the details were right or wrong. So it's a bit more like a collaborative development process. So kind of I would write. The content and then he would come back in and say oh we need to add in something about this or blah 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 so it was very much a sort of back and forth process for them but that chapter that you're talking about any that free your mind <laughs> one, <laughs> um <laughs> andrew giving me a few dot points that i just sort of went to town so he was like i kind of just want to talk about this to this chapter and i was just like this is my catharsis chapter <laughs> i'm just gonna dump out every single fucking <laughs> it's the aussie <laughs>
2: the <laughs>
3: Exactly. Every frustration I have as a fucking learner, piper, as a teacher, as a like band, you know, I've been a pipe major, as someone who's running a band, as someone who's seeing all the shit on the internet, just seeing all these know it all fuck wits trying to tell people like <laughs> their opinions when it's completely wrong and they're just so convinced they're right and they just can't get past the idea that they're wrong. And anyway, I wrote it and Andrew seemed to agree with it. So, <laughs> so we just kept it in. If but anything, the second thing is.
2: <laughs> if thing that chapter, it was like. I was, You know, that was the nicest we could get that to sound.
1: Oh, I, <laughs> I, I want to hear like it was much I more s-
3: brutal in the first cut. <laughs>
1: yeah, I want to see the original cut of that chapter.
2: <laughs> well, what's the next thing. Uh, like Camille, do we still have the original introduction to the book? Because I yeah. think we should read that. Because, I
3: don't know if I can pull it out now, but yeah, hang on. We'll see if uh, I can Okay. Well, while
0: you guys while you guys look it up, I have another well, caption from the book that I feel like would be appropriate if I could just borrow this.
2: Sure. Is My that, point would be there's a there's two pages at the beginning of the book that are lost uh, that we cut from the book. It's like the director's cut. someday uh, we'll release the director's <laughs> cut of the book.
0: So while you guys while you guys pull those up for reading, this is a passage that I thought was uh, kind of interesting. I felt the softness of his lips against my temple, the butterfly touch <laughs> of his tongue on my skin, and salt. He said very softly, "His breath was warm." Oh, never mind. This, uh, <laughs> wrong book. <laughs> no, wrong book.
2: We just felt like we wanted to give people a little something extra. That's all. <laughs> yeah. No. I, but what about the
1: what about the arrangement of the reality, the reality check versus the coming in sort of because s- I think. I've heard rumor that maybe you guys came in hard in the beginning, but then changed it and flipped it around and did different. Like what's that process like where you decide how you want the tone to go and flow and that sort of thing. I've never written a book. So, I have no fucking clue how any of this works. I'm super curious.
2: So, uh, it's a great question. I mean, the book started off by, you know, identifying who the audience was going to be and who it wasn't going to be. Um, and, um, And then from there, the outlining process is basically probably as you would imagine it. But we wanted to talk about overall how you learn anything. You know, we wanted to spend some time talking about that because I think that's the number one thing that guides the dojo process is, you know, we're going to learn, we're going to take lessons that we've picked up from learning other things in our life really successfully and we're going to apply them to playing the bagpipes. Then we go through the dojo methodology in part two. And then part three was like, I wanted to... Basically, I was trying to explain to Camille and she got it right away. It's like, I want to go through all the objections right. uh, and all the challenges people are going to have with this and all the questions. It's basically the third part is a a brief FAQ section for the methodology and like, how's this actually going to work? And how does this actually relate to all the bullshit I, I've read on the subreddit of, uh, you know, Yeah, and what what what
0: can this book teach me that fifteen years playing in my uh, local police band couldn't? Right.
2: Oh boy. Yes, exactly (laughs) right, Josh. (laughs) You expect
0: me to learn a different version of Rowan Tree? How dare you?
2: (laughs) No,
3: I already learned that.
0: Are you kidding? (laughs)
3: <laughs> but we kinda of, when we when we started off so there was always this bit of tongue and like to and fro between do we want to go the Game of Thrones method where it's like, here's just the whole thing and what it's gonna be up front and if you're not up for this you're not gonna like the rest of the book. So just give them no, no everything refunds. all at once. Or <laughs> or do we wanna try and like, I don't know, breadcrumb them in and like entice them in like you can trust us and then by the time they get to the last chapters it's like <laughs> shame, Shame by the way, you're a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you and okay. the other thing is by the the final chapters, um <laughs> Andrew wasn't trying to make me use smaller words <laughs> which we were doing at the start. So I think at one point I'd use the word I think it was like Ouroboros and his comment was just like, What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a recurring theme <laughs> like, on the Chenran podcast.
3: <laughs> it's just like, we can't, we can't use the words as big with the readers. Like, you've got to use something that's way more accessible. You need, definitions, because- you
0: need definitions in the margin. Then it's a teaching book two ways.
3: <laughs> well, we actually kind of did that for a few things. There's footnotes uh, for that reason. Oh my God, there's
0: footnotes all over this
1: goddamn thing. <laughs> like- <laughs>
3: <laughs> but if you want to, do you want to hear what the original cut of the intro Oh
2: yeah,
0: was? do more it. More than anything, <laughs> do it.
2: Do you want to send it to all them right. and have, like, I think we should send it to them, Camille, sure. and have them read it. I don't know. I feel like it
0: would come okay. across better in uh, in Aussie's voice. Um, whatever, whatever, you whatever, whatever you guys prefer. We'll, we'll, we're game for.
3: All right. It might be easier if I just read it out because otherwise I'm gonna have to figure out how to paste deleted text there.
0: So. Yeah. No. No worries. You get, okay. You got
3: this. All right. Here we go. Here's a dramatic reenactment of Andrew's initial manifesto.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, before, Here's you,
3: the in- before you begin, this this was
2: in the book. Uh, and it got cut at the last second, basically. Like, oh. this was one of the last things we cut. Like, wow. this almost yeah. made it in.
1: So
0: where was this in the book?
2: This is the beginning. The very oh, this is... beginning. Oh. So, so wait, let me let me you...
0: set the scene here real quick. Open. Uh, dark, misty room, All la dream sequences from Boondock Saints. <laughs> Andrew Douglas stands alone, but somehow his voice is Ozzy Oz broad.
3: So this is, the Australian, this is the Australian version of the audiobook. Um, so this is literally the start of the introduction. So if you read the book, you'll know that it starts with a Bruce Lee quote, which is adapt what is useful, reject, reject what is useless, and add what is specifically your own. Then heart open. <laughs> Bagpiping is supposed to be fun. Think about pipers, bands, or performances you love listening to. It's common for people to say that hearing a fantastic bagpipe performance stirred their soul. Wouldn't it be nice if you could do and feel the same thing every time you played? Many pipers, I'm sad to say, never even dream of having that kind of freedom when they play, um, feeling that kind of awe, joy and positivity from the music that they create. I'm one of the lucky ones. Over the years, bagpiping has added incredibly, frankly, unbelievably positive value to my life as a boy growing up in Syracuse, New York. I grew up in a small town south of Syracuse, New York, but by the time I was nine years old, I was traveling all over the North, uh, Northeastern USA playing the bagpipes, something I absolutely loved to do. I was learning from the very best pipers the area had to offer my dad, Bruce Douglas, plus Donald Lindsay and Jim Clough amongst others. I hope I pronounced his name right. By New 13, Club. I was living, okay, Jim Clough, thank you. Go. By 13, Unsung I was hero. living.
2: <laughs> Unsung hero of New York piping history. <laughs> okay.
3: Okay. That's the footnote. Um, by 13, I was living near Toronto, taking daily lessons from Jim McGillivray and receiving an amazing secondary school education at St Andrews College. Then, by 16, I was also traveling to beautiful British Columbia to play with the world champion Simon Fraser University Pipe Band. I was mentored and toured by world renowned players like Jack and Terry Lee. Competed against Alan Bevan, Andrew Bonar, and Jory Chisholm. I even butted heads uh, over ensemble with some of the great uh, with the great leading drummer Reed Maxwell. I met my wife through piping. I now provide for my family thanks to the Piper's Dojo, my business, which I built from the ground up, where every day over the internet, a team of great instructors that I've assembled teaches pipers around the world to play and improve their piping. In these and many, many other ways, bagpiping has been the incredibly enriching foundation of every aspect of my life. But for every happy piper like me, I could estimate there are at least a thousand unhappy ones. I know they're out there because on my Facebook page, a vocal few seem to get a real kick out of regularly accusing me of being a fraudster hiding behind a slick marketing uh, to scam people. But the real scam is what's going on in the mainstream bagpiping world. Despite how misinformed or annoying these comments may be, ultimately I can't help but feel sorry for the trolls writing them. Because I know they're actually unwitting victims of a bizarre tribal war, of flawed dogmatic ideas that have nothing to do with using the bagpipe for what it is, an ancient instrument that creates beautiful music and can make you feel such joy in the process. While my origin story involved being encouraged and taught by great pipers in a constructive environment, I'm aware that most pipers haven't had that experience. There's usually follows some variation of a different story, and then we transition into where the introduction actually starts, which is... Once upon a time, bagpipes are hard to learn on your own, so beginners sought out an experienced player or band to teach them.
2: I that, no, that's that not, got cut. That's not it. No, no, uh, Camille, that got cut too. The once upon a time. Did it? You got you got to keep going.
3: Oh, there you go. All right, hang on.
0: I can't believe that right. got cut. I what? fucking love that. It, it, this
1: does,
2: I know. this <laughs> is not
0: that. It's not that offensive no, to me. Like no. I'm like I think that's ballsy as shit. No, no, I no, love no. it.
2: So. The once upon a time is where the book actually started. This is where, like, I wasn't even remembering that first part, Camille. But that was great. Keep going, keep going. Actually,
3: yeah, actually, this is a good one. Once upon a time, bagpipes were hard to learn on your own, so beginners sought out an experienced player or band to teach them. These instructors taught the way they were taught without ever reflecting on what was best for the learner, focusing on expression and embellishments from the outset, rather than patiently laying the foundation with essential fundamentals first. Very few students showed any aptitude for this approach, but the ones that did were held up as proof that the system worked. The ones that didn't were compared to the few that could and either ignored or given less focus, fed lines like you don't have natural talent or you just have old fingers. While the instrument remained a mystery and they remained frustrated and beholden to their teacher or pipe major for help with basic things like tuning maintenance and remembering tunes. This is a tale as old as time, well, for the last few hundred years anyway, but it is still happening every day in too many band halls and lessons all over the world astoundingly, there are many of the shunned majority that don't quit piping outright. Horrifyingly, they don't even pack up and go somewhere else. In fact, in many cases, there's nowhere else for them to go, even if they wanted to, because they may not have access to good teachers or know what a good teacher is in the first place. No, even more disturbingly, they form an attachment to this way of thinking, even though it's let them down personally, and they internalize it um, as the absolute truth before passing it on to others. As a footnote, no, no true artist in any medium claims to know the absolute truth and lives to tell about it. I have come to think of this as bagpiping Stockholm Syndrome. The miserable stuckpipers who, instead of seeking out a more positive environment to learn, double down and form an unquestioning posse to advocate that their style of piping is superior to other approaches, despite the fact that it hasn't ever helped them claw their way out of rudimentary poor playing. In turn, they then write off uh, anything else as corrupt, overrated or dishonourable to tradition. This pervasive, toxic tribalism, groups of unhappy, stifled bagpipers constantly at odds with each other instead of just letting music making guide the conversation, is actually one of the main reasons I started Dojo University. I believe it is the definitive reason our community has grown and th- thrived. Because knowledge is power, and anyone truly in- interested in improving should always be open to new ideas, new approaches, and questioning their beliefs as a way to better understand something. I wanted to create a way to break that, uh, break down that limiting tribalism and the gatekeeping that has for too long kept many passionate pipers in the dark by making this knowledge accessible to anyone, anywhere, at any time. Think about it. When you started, did you want to become the best piper in the world? Did you even want to win big prizes or make money? Probably not. Chances are you saw a quirky yet awe-inspiring instrument like the sound and thought it could be a fun, meaningful hobby that would enrich your life. So what happened? If you're anything like the thousands of students I've helped to resurrect at Dojo University, you hit a wall far too early in your development and haven't progressed much since. Et cetera. And I I think we've got to go on from there. So that's that's where the
0: introduction... When do I get to to shoot this commercial? Because this is fantastic.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the introduction was so great, but we felt like, you know, uh, but it's related to Andy's question. So uh, the initial question you asked, like, why do we save it to the end? I just, you know, I love that introduction so much. It's going to be in the director's cut of the book for sure. But it's just too strong. Like I didn't want, I didn't want, uh, you know, four out of five people to pick up the book and put it down before they got to the, this end should of be, the introduction.
0: This should be the targeted advertisement video for this fucking thing. I can't see I have shades on. Where? Oh, where can you buy it? The, the book? Chainrant.com yeah. slash freedom. That's right. Listen, you can
1: you can read all the crazy shit that Andrew and Camille edited version of
0: whatever the fuck they came up with. com slash freedom, right? So we we're we're nearing the end. I know you have a hard out, Doogie. When's your heart out? Uh
2: I was like, how'd you know I had a hard-on? But you're talking
0: about when <laughs> I have to leave. Um, I can tell by your, by your fidgeting. He's, he's he games, had a hard-on. He's, squir- he's squirming. Just
2: it's <laughs> <just naughty laughs> uh, So uh, I got like 20 minutes. All okay, right. perfect.
0: Oh, okay, okay, perfect. So real quick, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. That was fucking amazing. I do have some logistical questions. I don't know if those would be as interesting to the audience as they are to me. It's oh, yeah. uh, interesting to me. The, the, the chance that I had to weave them in earlier kind of immediately went away to more interesting conversation.
1: I, I am eternally fascinated how things get done whatever yes. the thing is usually music related but doesn't matter you, Film, you fall into the rib- rabbit
0: hole and like the how it's made videos and very much like that. Yeah. oh
1: my god how things are made i love so, those
0: so i love those uh one of the one of the questions that we received was what were some of the difficulties with making this book across the world from each other because you you're in new york and she's in australia
1: besides uh, australian keep... fucking slang or whatever the fuck and and no internet
0: in either place apparently <laughs> and australian
1: sensibilities that andrew fucking hates apparently
2: <laughs> S- certain elements of the vocabulary are frustrating to say the least yeah <laughs> um, but i'm sure it goes both ways i just you know i'm did sure did you have to, to spell check everything that was
0: r inspiring to awe inspiring yeah <laughs> yeah the fucking O uh, U you goddamn shit <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think we got most of the uh, we got most of the Commonwealth spelling out of the book. I think by the time it was published. I, yeah.
3: If anyone spots one, let me know because I was quite I was actually quite worried about that. I talked to a couple of my editing mates about like because my my role is usually pulling American spelling out of content and ch- translating it into Australian style. <laughs> so working in reverse is actually quite tricky, and I kind of just went through and did like global searches for like. Anything with a U in it, like <laughs> we need to we need to rip that shit out. Like everything needs a Z, like because of your bizarre fucking way of spelling shit. But um, yeah. Oh,
1: I mean, we <laughs> did we did win the but, world, so I mean, yeah, that's kind of you know.
3: <laughs> yeah, you won the world in fucking COVID. Anyway, I'm not going into that. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so who's back to normal? Who's allowing internal uh, travel? America, motherfucker. That's right.
3: Signing here is but no, We just can't fucking go hey, anyway. Who, who's um,
1: who's getting uh, vaccines from the U.S., Australia? Because we are country. A every country in the fucking world. That's right.
3: I'm trapped <laughs> in a prison colony again. But then again,
1: like it's it's a
0: hard like you can't you can't just do like a find and replace, right? Because like if you're translating something from English to Australian, you have like the guy and the girl went to meet with their friends. It was, and then if you translate to that in Australia, it's like the cunt and the cunt went to meet with some cunts. No, the shield <laughs> Yeah, look for cunt in everything. Every. <laughs> I
3: tell you what, writing the, that the last Shilla. chapter, try, writing that chapter without using the word cunt was a bit tricky. But anyway,
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> cunt does not mean exactly. in America what you think it means. <laughs> the funny, the funniest thing that I think I ever saw, and i probably, i probably mentioned it on the show, is like, uh, you know, because like people struggle with pronouns. It's like. Him, okay. he, him, uh, she, her, like all that kind of stuff. The and, like, whole thing. Now. Don't get me wrong. Like I tell everyone, just like just tell me how you want to be addressed. I don't give a fuck. Like I don't give a shit fuck what you have going on downstairs. But Australians perfected it. Just everybody's cunt. Everybody's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need any <laughs> other. The ultimate of
3: society. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like, you don't <laughs> need any
0: other pronouns. It's just like it's just like oh, uh, intersex cunt, uh, cis cunt. <laughs> Lesbian cunt, like everybody's just cunt. It's that makes it the easiest fucking language. Or prick. They they do use
1: prick a lot. Prick Prick is good. Yeah. 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 So answer the fucking question. I don't even remember what the question was.
3: What was the question again?
1: (laughs) I got nothing. Doogie So so, Doogie Sower he remembers.
2: So the question was uh, how the how did the collaboration process work from across the world? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well done, sir. Uh, You have a future in podcasting, and I have an eye for these kinds of things. (laughs) You think so? Yeah. You That's got you got, you got, got moxie, kid.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Camille, you want to take this one?
3: Well, time zones were a fuck.
2: <laughs> oh, we but found that out scheduling this.
3: <laughs> hey, I'm the one to get up at fucking 5.30 in the morning. Yeah, Camille bit the um, bullet on this the <laughs> one. Next, yeah.
0: The next addition to the studio is I'm literally going to put... Like world clocks, clocks. Yeah. I mean, have clocks on the wall of like what time it is everywhere.
3: <laughs> great idea,
0: because we, we live in Vegas, I so think, time has no meaning here. Yeah,
3: like, yeah, absolutely. Wow, a, I know that very well. It's
0: a twenty-four hour <laughs> town. Like we work all hours of the day. I go to the grocery store regularly at midnight.
1: Yeah, regular. Like, there's no problem. there. not question.
0: But anyway, go ahead,
3: Camille. People,
1: go ahead, Camille. Answer the question.
3: <laughs> so yeah, no. I think the only time zone less conducive to like Australia and New York time is like the fucking moon like <laughs> trying to find a time that worked because andrew's got a young family right so like trying to find a time when he wasn't busy with the kids or busy with dojo or, or like it was insanely early versus insanely late here it was incredibly challenging so i think we caught up yeah. initially like once a fortnight and it ended up being like ten thirty p.m for me or something and like like six thirty a.m for andrew i think <laughs>
2: yeah at best yeah sometimes it was earlier than that but uh yeah it was but you know i also think that was probably uh uh, beneficial to the process as well because we, we would meet up not that frequently. And then, uh, we got Google Docs is magical. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so once, once we really started writing, the vast majority of our, uh, process was all using the comments feature in Google Docs. Um, and it, it was, uh, it was cool. Really, really organized. Uh, I well, would feel
1: I've worked with Camille. Of course it was organized. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh yeah. my well, god.
0: Really she's funny. like a it fucking to, She's she's trying like a... to hire her as an unpaid intern for years. Oh
1: my god. She does so much. Um, she she organizes my band for me on a regular basis. Yeah.
2: Like she <laughs> she finally couldn't take it anymore. Because I had the I had the uh the Google Drive folder organized into a couple of folders.
1: Oh my god. And I, like, I, I want to see she this. just
2: She couldn't take it anymore. And so she was, and I woke up one morning and it was all changed. And it was not how I would have done it, but I could tell like, She put a lot of time into it. So I was like, so uh, Camille, did you, did you have a bad day yesterday or something? And she's like, I'm sorry, I just couldn't fucking take it anymore. Like there
3: were not enough folders. There needs to be 18 folders for every chapter. Fucking 18. That was like three. It was very logically organized so that I could actually find documents when I was working on it. I
0: remember, (laughs) I remember like uh, when I was vice president for the pipe band, I was just like, all right. Like, like, well, what are your projects you're going to do? I was like, I'm going to fix our shared drive. Our shared drive is a fucking nightmare. Right. I but I minute. would you, you did an amazing job. There's no
1: doubt. But I would take Camille over you any day that oh, week. Oh,
0: I I I have For no organization. doubt. <laughs> I have no doubt that she would do a better job.
1: <laughs> like like it's like I can find shit now, which is great as president of the organization, but like Camille, oh my god.
3: Yeah, if
0: I you so out you. like I remember I that, was, that was that was the thing that used to drive me the most insane and I'm still dealing with that with my like with the Celtic Society. It's like Jesus Christ, guys. Like, well, I don't understand how Google Drive works. I was like, well, you need to fucking figure it out. Or you're gonna be off the board. Like, this is the. We're, it's not that difficult. It's 2021, man. There's like, a search you know, feature, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> 2021. Everyone has to like name, number, and collate their files correctly, or else I'm I'm done with you. Like, I don't <laughs> have time for this.
2: I think that fuck off, boomers. I think the real problem, the real problem we had uh, is that I think I had organized it just well enough that camille felt like her needing to reorganize it might offend me but it, it it was totally fine i really like i was really quite happy with the result but it was just like this really awkward thing and finally like she just lost it and she couldn't take it anymore it had been
3: well, bothering me for weeks and i'm like oh, i'm
1: just gonna <laughs> do it he's gonna be fine with it in the end so like w- yeah. but like any great pipe it's better any like great any like any great pipe major, you're you're incredibly incredibly appreciative, I'm fucking drunk, of anybody that How takes that the, takes the initiative and it's like, like but beers. does something as good or better than you would want it. Right? Doogie, like isn't that amazing when you have a player that's like when somebody walks yeah. up behind you as a pipe major, let's just say you're tuning your band or whatever the fuck you're doing, and they walk up behind you and just take your pipes out of your hand. Without even having to be asked, those people are fucking
0: gold and they're few and far between because they think ahead of
1: the... this
3: experience i had this experience on a gig like last week i was like just telling Andy about this i yes. had the pipe major a gig because our pipe major was tied up We got this new guy in the band and it was like this fucking and like my band are very motivated people anyway and like I'm, i love playing with them because they're all like they love piping and they love the music and all that sort of stuff and they're great fun to play with but there's not many that take the initiative and this bloke is like he's like a general manager in his day job so he's used to leading people and that sort of stuff but he's like the perfect band player because he said like I don't want anything to do with band leadership this is just a hobby I just want to kind of hang out and have fun but he can't help himself and so like I'm pipe made during this gig and he did exactly that like I'm sitting there trying to tune up and he's just come up and take my pipes off me and I was like oh my god Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Those, I wasn't expecting the support, but when it happened, holy those, shit, that made life easier.
1: <laughs> like, those people, are, people are gold. Like, anticipate without yeah. overstepping. Like, it's amazing that people well, and have it's it's
0: It's a weird thing, because you and I have been playing music for so long that we have like a fucking telepathic communication at this point. Yeah. To where it's just like, it's like I'm just like, oh, like, you... You like look And I'm like Oh yeah Guys back up <laughs> Right yeah yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great to have those. Angel's pretty good at that Angel's Ples- pretty good Pleski was good at that Pleski was phenomenal he was at really, that. Yeah Because
1: yeah. he, he's a leader He knew what it was yeah, expected But right.
0: like, he's just running Through the steps right So it's just like Alright like Here's what we're gonna do And it's just communication More than anything And sometimes it's verbal Sometimes it's nonverbal But it's like hey Because I mean I can- There's plenty of times Where you're like Fucking with the drummers I'm like boss Like what What do you want What do you need on this idea yeah. Are we playing Are we not playing Like <laughs> You want me to just keep everyone in a room? Sometimes that's all it is. Just keep everybody in the fucking room so they don't go fucking off out God knows where.
1: Hey, you know what? You know what's important that we should mention right now? com slash freedom.
0: If you want to get your copy of Finding Bagpipe Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to, I
1: have one last question because we're getting close to Doogie having to bolt. How if... And This this is going to start a fight between Doogie and Josh, and this is the best part of the show. I'm not going to fight because I already know I'm right. This is the best part of the show. (laughs) How offended, Josh, are you that Doogie did not ask you to do the cover and make this better than what it is?
0: I'm not offended at all because I actually like the cover. The only criticism I have is that when you do graphic design, you're working in layers. And the white chanter being behind freedom but in front of bagpipe. Makes it look like it says back and the white chainer was supposed to be at the back. And you can fight me, you can say that it wasn't <laughs> supposed to be at the back, you can try to play this off as if that was intentional, but I know it's not because I
2: know you. Pretty sure it was intentional, bro. So I... the reason I didn't ask you, the reason I didn't ask you to do the graphics, uh, and also Camille got overruled too, is because uh, Matt MacArthur is my graphics boy. Uh, he works at VistaPrint.
0: Oh, well, that qualifies him oh, automatically. You go. Yeah. If of you course. need $5 business cards, go to fucking Matt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, though? It's like Matt made those fucking cheap $5 uh, business cards that you still give out to all your clients, right?
0: Oh, no. I, I get mine <laughs> yeah. locally, man. I support local business. Absolutely. So
2: like I said, you're just irritated that you didn't think about it yourself, that you didn't think of that really clever design yourself. That's all this is. You're going to get through it. You're
0: fine? Yes, yes. Uh, Gotham and one shitty vector of a channer. That definitely is... <laughs> that, de- that definitely overshadows the cover of the uh, dojo you planned. You know it's,
3: it's not Gotham. Gotham would have been a lot easier to find.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's the
1: layer. All right, so I have one... Stoogie's about to go. So, I have one so last let thing me I want to say.
2: Here's, here's what I like about it. It's like, it's like where, where did the, uh, the P go? I'm having trouble finding it. I'm having tr- Wait, shit! The topic of the, the title of the book is about finding something. So it's like, wait, the this graphic is like a lot is like,
0: of explaining. The graphic
2: is like, it's like it's of, like hidden behind the chanter, and it's that's like what everyone, just, that's what everyone. Know, that's definitely what everyone's going to think man. when
0: they look at it. But I'm trying to find the cool. p cover cover aside. It's a phenomenal book. <laughs> They're
2: trying <laughs>
0: oh, the, um, Camille. Don't don't
2: step on my joke. That's...
0: I know where this is going. This is my joke. <laughs> Finding the P, well, people.
1: This is the, the story of my. That's the name of my book. Finding the P. <laughs> well, I thought yours would be finding the
0: V. <laughs>
1: Whatever. Either way, trust me, it's finding the P on my. On hey, when it comes to me. Are you
3: coming out? Are you coming out right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, no,
0: no, no. Uh, Pride month's over. You got to wait till next year. That's
3: it. That's going into dead bag Olympics. Um, before we do go, Andrew, did you want to read out the? Um, or did you want me to send to the boys to read out that um, review that we got?
2: Yes.
0: Ooh, yes, absolutely. I want to hear the review. This would be a good way to close out the show. And then, uh, Doogie, I, I, you're I'm, free to leave once we do the closeout. Ozzy, if you want to hang out and chat, you're more than welcome. We, we
1: should review this. There but I, I have one more thing that I need to say before we read this final review. Doogie, I want you to thank Josh and I right now.
2: Thank, thank you, Josh. And me. And me. Why? What, did, me? We, why? what did we do? Andy. We didn't do anything. What'd you, what'd you do? What'd
1: you do again? We discovered Ozzy Broad. That's true. If it wasn't for us. Oh. You would not have her, motherfucker. I just want to say that officially. We discovered Ozzy Broad, and then so she. We brought her, in and then you brought her into the dojo full. It's true,
0: yeah. We
1: did. Discover you her. you should. You second. should thank us. Your book wouldn't be as good as it is without her. Now, which is thanks to us. I think thank
2: you. I'm going to say something surpri- that I think you might find surprising. Oh, oh, which is which is I I I've had this exact thought many times uh, over the recent months. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. I. I wonder, I wonder, like, I'm a pretty big deal, so I wonder if Camille will get back here uh, eventually. But you're absolutely right. Uh, your <laughs> podcast certainly expedited uh, this uh, co-authorship duo, uh, definitely expedited it.
1: Nobody would know 100%. who Camille was if she didn't write to us. And well, I, her
0: band would know her as a uh, trusted and dedicated bagpiper. Yeah,
1: that would be her fame. In Brisbane, Australia. Which would be
0: pretty awesome. Isn't like, uh, But, uh, yeah,
1: internationally. But how- Episode yeah. three, Camille writes to me like, you're a fucking cunt for calling me Aussie broad. Or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what
3: she- she- to Camille had... A theme here. I write to you guys and tell you that you shit, and then all of a sudden this stuff happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Camille had no idea that broad was like a... kind of a semi-negative term in American culture.
3: Kind of. You know, sort of. It's not that negative, but it's kind of negative. I actually didn't... You're, I actually didn't know that until like two, two years after you started calling me that. You're right. like, someone else said, I think, like, oh, yeah, broad's like a slur. I'm like, fucking what? It's kind
1: Can't of a, a feminist. S- <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's an I old mean, school I, term, but it's like, yeah. it's like gams or let, or what? I don't
2: know what the fuck. I don't know. Call a girl a skirt. I'm
3: leaning it. I'm leaning into it. I'm, I'm okay when with broad. From
2: my, from my point of view, it was like, wait a minute. There's something like professional sounding happening on this ridiculous podcast right now. I wonder who that is.
1: That <laughs> yeah, it's Camille. Like
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, Doogie. Doogie has guys. been That's using
0: our podcast to recruit talent for for, for a many years now. I will. I will give Doogie credit for this.
1: He has an amazing eye for talent. That is true. The people he brings in, except
0: for whoever did the
1: cover for that book. Well, there's that. But
2: you know what the secret is? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the secret. Well, a big part of the secret is. Of identifying talent, you want you want to know what it I is. I
1: would love to know people that are willing I'm to not, do anything.
2: So so step one is look look for people who have actually finished something, mm-hmm. and that's where you start your search. So like for you guys, you guys actually put out a podcast, which is like horrendous and like like <laughs> you guys made the worst. No, it's you guys made the this worst going? possible. You guys made the worst possible decisions as to like what you should say on your podcast, <laughs> uh, like especially in the early days, much better now. But you guys actually put out a product that was really entertaining. And then, uh, you know, Camille put together those word collage things, like those show reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and like that was like she actually completed that project and got it done. Like ninety-five percent of people, even if they do have talent, they can't freaking finish anything.
1: Correct. Yes. Uh,
2: and and like, uh, and we were on that topic earlier. Just you know, those people that can actually just get the job done are are so so valuable. And that's where you start. You start with people who have actually done something, and then a few of those will have real talent on top of that. I think. You well, know?
1: you've always lived by the done is better than perfect concept which yeah. is i we that we we, real, we, we, didn't, career. Career. we didn't start that way and then when you came in yeah, and no, we were like you helps. know what
0: that's pretty good uh let's just get shit done like especially when it. you're doing something that's weekly and it's like all right no one's gonna remember well we always
1: argue that like half the battle or maybe 90 percent of the battle is showing up which yeah. is a different spin on the same concept of like
2: if you're well, showing com- up and then pressing Showing up, showing up, and then you have to press the upload button. Correct. You got to do those two things. What happens in between, what happens in between is way overvalued.
1: Correct. Yeah. It's like getting, it's just, yeah, I I agree. And that was one of the reasons.
2: Very irritating. (laughs) <laughs> that very irritating. she was like she was like bro if you say done is better than perfect to me one more time. <laughs> i was like i'm sorry i'm sorry i won't say it. i'll just think it that was like when her I... job
1: is perfect is better than done your job is done is better than right. perfect when i started yes. doing the
0: 100 day challenge and i was like doing videos like those were my one-offs and it's just like i just missed i missed the fear of like public performance and competition and stuff i was like yeah like guess what if I do a video for the 100 day challenge and I fuck up, I'm just gonna post it. Like,
1: yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If that's I had one, I'm gonna I'll do. Actually, I'm gonna
0: do another one tomorrow, and uh, I'm gonna do another one the next
3: day.
1: I'll tell you what. If I had to listen to Josh playing Duncan McKinnis one more fucking time on the 100 day challenge.
3: <laughs> <laughs> very variance. <experience. laughs> but actually, that's funny because that was an important part of the process for me, and actually why I learned a lot from doing this project and that 100 day challenge most recently, where I posted a bunch of very shitty videos of me playing. Is like overcoming that like fear of things not being perfect and people judging you. It's so fucking valuable. And like I do get stuck in my head a bit with perfectionist tendencies. And even though he had to drag me kicking and screaming every time he said done was better than perfect, it was like I had to let go. And that's hard for me to do sometimes if something's not at the exact standard that I want it to be. And that was actually really good for me. Oh, like,
1: I I can see that pretty being close really to, good. Group.
3: Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> and the thing you have to remember
2: is the thing that you have to remember. Uh, that I've learned many times, because I've always lived by this mantra, is like, as soon as you can let go of perfection, the rate that you can approach perfection, right, uh, drastically increases. So you're never gonna, you have to let perfection go. And once you do that, you're like, okay, no, we'll just read through the book one more time. We caught a couple of more typos. Oh, another time. Oh, I think we should cut that from the introduction. It's just... Yeah. Not quite right. It's like, oh, let's do it one more time. Oh, let's move the Bruce Lee quote to the end because I think this one goes better at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And like you, you've you've forgotten about perfection, and instead you're just you're able to be more and it's more like iterative of the process. Yeah, you can yes, you can exactly. approach
0: you can approach perfection faster through iteration than yeah. trying to get it right in one go.
2: Amen, amen, my brother. 17, my brother 17
0: iterations are better than one attempt at perfection. So
1: let's finish on
0: this. Andrew,
3: <laughs> you've got to you've got to put a British accent on Andrew.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! You're better at the British <laughs> accent. Oh, this, you do it. I can't do
3: that
2: uh,
3: <laughs> Oh my God, Andrew! Is, I have to say, wait, wait, just right, wait. Right, right,
2: I right. have to wait. Is I this the is this, this the thing
0: that we just got sent? Yes. Oh God, we're yeah. reading I, this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: They is, want it uh, read
2: this. Is like it's got this is top three. Uh, this is top three best hate mail I've ever received. Hate mail and is then, the best. Um, and then uh, I have to tell you something funny. After you read this. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Well, I, I think
0: it. I think we should do it like Satchma style. Like, Andrew, I would very much. Do <laughs> no, you want to no, do no, it? No, no, no. I can't, no, no. I can't sustain that voice. British.
1: I can't do British accent, but I'll, I'll fake it as best I can. <sighs>
0: this here's is a the real here's, review.
1: Here's the dojo's greatest hate mail of all time. You ready for this? All right, here we go. Andrew. I would very much like to buy your book, but because you do not seem to be able to accept the universal method of online international payment, namely PayPal, I am unable to order it. Furthermore, whilst you cunt whilst finding bagpipe reading freedom may play very well in the USA, it will <laughs> it will be seen as incredibly insulting to Great Britain where the publicity antics of that fool prince harry and his gold digging wife megan mccarley markle uh, markley whatever the fuck her name is was treated with was treated he spelled it wrong he spelled it wrong i'm trying to read it the way they spelled it but are treated with utter disdain their book finding freedom is seen in britain as a total repudiation of the greatest bagpipe expedience in the world namely the only female female person that has ever... Oh, my God. It sounds like this was written by AI. <laughs> namely, the only female person that has a personal bagpiper who plays for her every day, namely Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Using this title was a bad mistake. and could very easily be taken the wrong way by loyal British piping community. Regards. Wow. One. I have,
0: I have uh, a response to that, but I can't, I can't play the title track because of copyright. We'll get, and we'll get taken down. Taken down. Yeah. So all I would like to say is
2: America. Fuck. Yeah. yeah! <laughs> Andrew, you had a response to a, this. That was a real thing. And the, what I, what I found really funny about this is the guy ended up buying the book. <laughs> <laughs> of course. he um, did. So that's, not... that's what I found really funny. And then, um, uh, I, I forgot the other thing that I was going to say about. Also, that.
0: I would I would argue that, uh, and this is a direct quote: namely, the only female person that has a personal bagpiper who plays for her every day, namely her Queen Majesty, her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. That is not correct. Mm-hmm. I play bagpipes for my girlfriend every day, <laughs> uh, yeah, whether I mean, she likes it or only
2: not. Because you're doing the hundred day challenge, yeah. She, so the uh, problem is she's begging you to stop. So
0: guess what, my girlfriend. Queen Elizabeth uh, basically have the same amount of backpipes. What does Courtney
1: think. You think about your grips?
0: Uh, you know, I think I think she thinks I have a strong grip on the ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> but when
1: you're when you're, enough, when you're
0: behind, but not enough on the neck. Yeah,
1: you're a little behind on the grip.
0: Yeah, a little behind.
3: <laughs> Best position to be right here.
0: She's gonna punch me when uh-huh. she finds out about this. By the don't way, don't worry. She'll <laughs> never know. She'll never know. She won't listen to this.
1: Um, so <laughs> but, uh,
0: yeah, I would like to uh, make a blanket statement on behalf of all American bagpipers to this writer: uh, get fucked. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just buy the book. Go to yeah.
1: chanarant. slash freedom and pick up the book because and start with the end chapters. If you're if you're like one of our people, your chances are you're going to like the end chapters first. Then go back and read through the actual information that's useful, which is. The first two parts, essentially.
0: And then, with this with this commenter in particular, when you get done doing that, drop your toaster in your bathtub. That too. So, Doogie, should I take my band and make them
1: join the dojo and have to pass Phase 4 before they're allowed to do embellishments?
0: Yes, and we should also take all of their kilts until they complete that process.
2: You could do it... I mean, look, you you could do that with or without the dojo. Like, let, let's... Uh, uh, Leave that part of it out. Should you uh, ask your ind- individual constituents in your band to go through the bagpipe freedom process? Absolutely. If anybody actually had the guts to do that, they would see immense improvement in their band shockingly soon.
1: I absolutely agree, because I've seen it in our students. I've, I've 100%, seen it. I've seen it too 100% seen it.
2: <laughs> it's, <laughs> not even, it's not even students,
0: dude. Like the shit, like me. I've been playing for fucking ever. I've gotten better in the last two years than the prior like five.
2: And you haven't Easily. even you haven't even started the freedom phase process.
0: I'm not I mean, even close, been, man. Like, it's just one of those things been, where uh, I, I am. When we talk about the constituency of people who just got stuck in a band model and played the same two sets forever, like mm-hmm. that was me when I was coming up. And now it's everybody now my mind is fucking open to all this other shit. It's
2: a lot out there. A lot of well, attention. you should read the book and then yeah.
0: Well, send me a book and I'll read it.
1: Dude, he gave you a uh, fucking free copy. He sent it to us. Oh, that, that one? No, no, oh, no, no, He oh. sent us it digitally. Are you shitting your pants <laughs> on my chair? <laughs> what,
3: what are you guys getting in though?
1: <laughs> Dude, he sent it to us so we could
0: be prepared for this. Oh, I was not prepared.
3: <laughs> All right, I'm going to read the book,
0: Doogie, and then I'll talk to you separately. <laughs> but I will say uh, this. Okay. Uh, even doing like the dojo stuff with uh, Beer Boy. Oh, my God. Like what a what a what a completely wasted. How
1: is that going? I don't think Doogie knows that you guys were doing
2: this. He they knows were trying it. to. Hu- I've, heard, I've heard about this. Yeah, They're trying to hundred percent the dojo,
1: which is a game.
2: And thing.
0: so we we we've been quiet for a while because we have had a, had a hard time like reconnecting and talking about stuff. But oh my god, it's great. Even going through like the super basic shit, I've enjoyed. Because mm-hmm. mm. part of hundred percent is you got to do everything. Yeah.
2: The challenge to you and all your listeners. I would be really surprised if you could do any of the super basic shit well on the first try.
1: Almost impossible. It, it, the, yeah, e- yeah. the amount of ego that people come in with phase one and they're like, oh, fuck this. They're just fucking wanking nope. out with, I'm like, <laughs> <they're> <laughs> just and they fucking completely fail it. I'm like, hey, try to find a good, right, let me start with a good positive comment. Are you, you going to comment sandwiches? <laughs> I'm going to, uh, let me give you a, let me give you a little, uh, was it called? What is it it's called? Comment sandwich? Um, Compliment sandwich. Compliment sandwich. Okay, so... That is an amazing recording you made for me. I can hear the metro amazingly well. (laughs) Thank you for making that happen for me. However... Everything
0: else needs to be different.
1: You're just gently in front of the beat. You're floating around the beat a little bit. Sometimes you're a little ahead. Sometimes you're a little behind. At the dojo, we find it really important that you are as precise as possible, even in phase one, to clap exactly to the beat so that we hear the eclipse what's called the eclipsing the beat pro- uh, process. I'm drunk, so give me, give me a little leeway, Andrew. So that way, the sound of your clap immediately happens over the sound of the metronome. Trust me, when you get to phase two, this becomes really important. So, uh, but excellent job of recording yourself and submitting it. You did an amazing job.
0: Thank you
2: that's pretty good not bad i like it
0: (laughs) all right so we gotta close this out because doogie has gotta go uh i want to do final thoughts fusco i don't have any and i don't know if you have any any, so i feel like we can really just throw to uh ozzy first and then doogie when it comes to finding your bag freedom
1: bag fife bag (laughs) fight he's 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 sticking to this (laughs) bag fight thing episode title
2: the red coat of envy you wear is not becoming. Yes, I would
0: have loved to make the seventeen dollars you paid whoever made that. That's <laughs> de- definitely what I charge.
1: Doogie could not afford you. He was like, "Listen, I paid Camille all the money to edit this shit. i got <laughs> the I got like seventeen dollars <laughs> left. People are only I need all a cover. The cover is th- only technically one page. <laughs> I can only afford five dollars.
2: Who can make yeah, a cover the for money? five dollars? <laughs> Like, let's put a little context to how Camille and I actually met. She's like, your social media is shit, bro. And I was like, I know. Oh, my God, please help. She's like, "Okay," And then after a week, I was like, cool. So after a week, I was like, cool. So like, I want to hire you. Let's do this. She's like, fuck, no, you could never afford me in a million years. (laughs) That is very true. That is
3: exactly how that conversation went. (laughs) Yeah.
2: You can't afford me. Yeah, right. Dude, so just like see, every uh, woman
1: ever, like every woman I've ever dated, you can't afford me. <laughs> well, that's because they're not women. They're hookers.
2: <laughs> well, hookers
1: no, are women, too. Women are hookers, too. essentially. Right. Come on, now. All Jesus, right, let's, do Fosco, final let's not sound clip final thoughts.
0: Give him the final thoughts. All right, hold on. Give me a quick break so I can cut that. You don't want to leave that in? All right, so final thoughts going to Ozzy. Wait, wait, what are we cutting? Don't final me. thoughts going to Ozzy, he repeated at a louder <laughs> volume.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what are my final thoughts um, this was a really fun project I think it's a great product and I'm really proud of it was <laughs> fuck you. it was uh, It was excellent to work on tell people you think they're shit it can lead to great things and great friendships <laughs> uh, oddly enough I get on really well with flex that so don't need me to make them a sandwich so. <laughs> <Okay>. final thoughts
2: <laughs> there you go and
0: uh, Doogie, heading to you
3: uh,
2: wow what a rewarding experience it was to work with such a professional, uh, as is Camille. I mean, boy, her grammar is just so amazing, and uh, yeah, done is better than perfect. And uh, I can't even, I can't even complete the sandwich. I just feel so revolted after making the first piece of bread. That, uh, I, uh, no, it was super fun. I really hope people should buy the book and read it. It's the first bagpipe book I've ever seen that's like. A fun read, I think. That was the goal. So it's not just a textbook. It's like, you know, like Josh, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna read it before you pull Courtney's hair. That's
0: perfect. <laughs> uh, and I can also, I can also use it to prop myself up, you know, just in case I need that extra inch yeah that extra inch
1: we all need an extra inch brother uh, really I want to take this opportunity Josh.
0: <laughs> I want to take this opportunity to uh, thank both of you for coming on talking to us on the show uh, it's always a fucking pleasure to see you guys and uh, yeah Fusco if there's nothing else I'm going to go ahead and play us out